Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we accept the Bible as truth. John 17 says specifically, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so when we come to verses such as John 3.16, for example, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, we take that as truth without question. But are we satisfied merely to accept the objective fact that God surely loves us, or have we in fact experienced his love in a personal and subjective way? The Apostle Peter was one who no doubt knew the objective teaching of God's love, but it must have been his very deep and personal experience and appreciation of the loving Savior that prompted him to write in the deeply personal and experiential manner that we find in his New Testament epistles. Bob Danker has joined us today as we continue our fellowship in the life study of First Peter. Good to have you, Bob. Good to be back, Chris. This epistle, especially at the beginning here, is really marvelous. Yeah. It really shows us God's full salvation, beginning with our being chosen in eternity past by God the Father, our being redeemed by God the Son from our vain manner of life, are being regenerated by the Father in the resurrection of Christ through the living and abiding Word of God, and are purifying our souls again through the Word of the truth, as you mentioned. So we can see that in God's full salvation, God's Word is very crucial, and God's Word is the Word of truth. That means everything in God's Word should become a reality to us in our experience. Bob, as you pointed out in these early verses in chapter 1, Peter really does set forth some of the great and profound truths in the New Testament revelation, but he's not doing it in the way of a doctrinal treatise. You just don't get that feeling. In fact, there's much feeling that comes with these marvelous truths. And as we see today, when we get a little farther along in the chapter, there's an outcome. There's an outflow of the reality of these things, isn't there? There really is. And as you mentioned, I think already, it's, this is really our love for the brothers, our brotherly love. This is the result of our receiving God's word as the truth. Let's look at uh, verse 22, uh, the one that, Bob, you're referring to. Since you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth unto unfeigned brotherly love, love one another from a pure heart fervently. And it's that unto, I think, is a word we want to uh, draw to attention today. That means that what has gone before is going to produce something. It's going to yield something. And that's the kind of brotherly love that's really being spoken of here, isn't it? That's right, Chris. All right, why don't we join Witness Lee and then we'll come back for some more fellowship, Bob. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth unto unfeigned brother love. Don't take even one single word for granted. What is the obedience to the truth? And then what is the truth? And what is the qualification of being unfeigned? 
This is the meaning of the word unfeigned. A kind of brother love that is genuine. No pretense. You have a mask. Now, you don't have it. Why? Because all the masks have been purified away. Having purified your soul. Have you experienced this purification in your whole Christian life? Have you experienced such a thing? Purifying your soul by your obedience to the truth. What is to purify our soul by our obedience of the truth? Let me make the meaning of truth clear to you. This is truth. Truth is the very reality contained and conveyed in the divine word. For instance, God so loved the world. This is not a doctrine. And this should not be a doctrine. This should be a reality. When I read it, I have to check Have I experienced this love? God's soul of the world, does the word, world, include me? Could you see this? If anyone who reads John 3.16 would check this way, right away this one would be saved. Right away this one would say, Oh God, how I thank you. You so loved the world, including me. And this means you so loved me. You see, this is a truth instead of a doctrine. Bob, I like to keep um, the sequence here intact. The outcome that we're looking toward is this unfeigned love of the brothers. But the process here involves a kind of a purifying of our souls by obedience to the truth. And I really love the uh, practical definition that he gave us of the truth that is really at work here. Why don't you pick this point up? Well, Chris, the truth here, of course, as Witness Lee pointed out, really means the reality. God's word is filled with things that are real. What it conveys to us are not dreams, imaginations, even mere teachings. It conveys reality to us in the very words of the scriptures. And this reality is really the triune God himself, plus all that he has planned for us, all that he has done for us, Mm. and all that he will do for us, and all that he is to us. All of this as reality is conveyed and contained in the Word of God. When we receive God's Word, not as doctrine or teaching, but we receive the very reality that's conveyed in this Word, this reality causes us to set our entire being on God, on what He is doing for us in His purpose and in His plan. So our soul, our mind, emotion, and will are spontaneously purified from all things other than God. 
All the things that defile our soul are the things that are outside of God and outside of God's economy. Mm -hmm. But God's word conveys to us the reality of God and the reality of his divine economy, which causes our soul to be separated from all the things that are not God himself and focused and concentrated on God. This produces a purifying Mm. in our mind, our emotion, and our will, which are the three parts of our soul. One of the words that struck me in this portion, he used the word mask, related to the opposite of the word unfeigned. We're talking about love, Bob. It seems that our society today, and even our Christian society, uh, masks play a big role, don't they? That's right, Chris. Uh, Actually, society in the world is full of masks, full of pretense, full of hypocrisy, and full of falsehood. But God's Word is filled with reality, and God himself is absolutely pure without any kind of pretense. And this is what we touch when we receive the Word of God. We touch something pure, without any pretense, without any kind of mask, and something that is absolutely real and not in the least false. This kind of experience obviously is based on the objective truth. That's something that is outside of us. It's in God. It's in Christ. It was accomplished historically. But it becomes real in our experience to the extent that even the masks and things that we veil ourselves with, oftentimes we veil ourselves from ourselves, uh, but the result of the real working of this spirit of reality, the spirit of truth in us, is that these are removed layer by layer until eventually, as you said, all pretense is gone, all falseness is gone, and something that is the purity of God itself becomes manifest even in our being. Isn't that marvelous? It is too This is the effect of the Word of God on our inner being. So we're not talking about a kind of brotherly love that is based on mere human sentiment, things like this. We're really talking about the essence of God himself. That's right, Chris. Bob, uh, Let's look at this verse again, and then I want to go back to uh, an earlier verse in chapter 1 to help set up this coming portion. Again, it says, since you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Now, we'll jump back to verse 13. And uh, verse 13 begins with, therefore, or in some translations, wherefore, girding up the loins of your mind and being sober, set your hope perfectly on the grace being brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let's uh, go back to Witness Lady and see how these two passages are related. So Peter said, wherefore? And this little wherefore is based upon those 12 verses with all those divine truths chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Saints, is this a doctrine? This is a truth. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has regenerated us. Is this a doctrine? What is this? A truth. A reality. My, just in those 12 verses, a lot of reality there. A lot of truth. Girding up your mind on one thing. Then what? Be sober. Don't wander in your mind anymore. To gird up your mind is to purify your soul. The soul is composed of three organs. The mind, the will, and the emotion. 
Your mind is wandering. Your emotions scattered. Your will is spoiled. So you need the purification. You have to purify your soul. By what? By your obedience. To what? To the truth that you have received. My mind is girded up with wangle. Then what? Then my emotion is fully sight on one person. I have no other object of love. My love is just toward the Lord. This is your obedience to the truth. And this obedience becomes a means for you to use it to purify your soul. Have you got it? Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth. And this truth is conveyed in God's sanctifying word. God's word is always sanctifying us. Having so purified your souls unto what? Unto an unfeigned love. Having purified your soul unto an unfeigned brother love. Love one another from the heart fervently. Bob, we have the result here of this unfeigned, this unpretentious, pure love, and it's also coming from a fervent heart. That means a heart that's full of emotion. If, if we want to experience this kind of love, we need more than just the mere study of religious teaching and doctrine, don't we? That's right. What we need, Chris, is the word of truth, the very truth, the very reality that's contained and conveyed in God's sanctifying word. As you mentioned, this reality is just God himself, his very essence, and we know that God is love. So the genuine and unpretentious, unfeigned love in this whole universe is God himself. And through his word, God conveys his very essence into our being. This has a profound effect on our souls. Mm. Our souls are purified through this uh, word of God. All the impurity that's in our soul comes from our soul being mixed with things of the world, worldly thoughts, fleshly desires, etc. Our soul is not pure. It has foreign elements within it. All these foreign things need to be purged away, and God himself needs to be dispensed into our inward being. How can this be done? only through the sanctifying Word of God, which is the Word of truth. When we read the Word and we acknowledge, even with prayer, with thanksgiving, with praise to the Lord, all the realities that are contained in His Word, and there are many mentioned here in this first part of 1 Peter chapter 1, such as we were chosen by God the Father, we were regenerated unto a living hope, and so many truths are here. We should receive these things not just as teachings, but as reality. 
and we should acknowledge them, and inwardly we should submit ourselves in obedience to all these truths in the Word of God. Bob, I think it's fair to mention that some of Witness Lee's critics would sometimes pick up this language about not emphasizing the objective study of Scripture and use that to criticize, uh, to say that uh, he didn't believe in Bible study, you know, didn't promote studying the Bible. Well, of course, you know, I know, you know better because of the years you spent with him. Here was a man who took the Word of God in uh, all manner of ways, and particularly he spent much time studying the Bible, didn't he? He did, Chris. He spent his whole life from the very day he was saved until the day he went to the Lord, more than 70 years, on one book. That book is the Bible. I would say that probably... No man who ever lived understood the Bible better than Witness Lee did, even in the letter, even in the outward teachings of the Bible. One thing to me is striking concerning uh, Witness Lee and his ministry, and that is that what he ministers from the Word is not mere teaching. It's a reality, and you are impressed when you receive his ministry with much more than mere doctrine. Right. You're impressed with reality. Reality touches you and even enters into you through God's Word. This is marvelous. It is marvelous. He, of course, frequently pointed out he learned this from Watchman Nee, who in many ways uh, was his mentor, but uh, brought the same sort of emphasis to the Word. Yes, the study of the Word was there, but to bring us all into the reality of the word and not just the mere study of the doctrines and uh, things, as you said, to take the word in a prayerful way. And sometimes uh, Witness Lee would use the word to muse over the word. And of course, if we read the biographies of uh, so many of uh, servants of the Lord over the centuries, these kinds of things come up uh, frequently, don't they? We see this approach more often than not. Yes, we need to receive the word as reality. And I like this word, Chris, obedience, obeying the truth. Whenever we receive the truth, this calls forth something from us as a response, and that is obedience. We may understand what the Bible says, but the question is, do we obey Mm. what the Word says? And I never uh, met a man who was more obedient to the Word of God than our brother Witness Lee. And It's our obedience, not just our understanding. It's our obedience. That means we order our lives according to the truths of the Word. We live and walk according to these truths in obedience to them. That's what purifies our souls and issues in an unfeigned love for the brothers. Let's go on to verse 23. Having been regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the living and abiding Word of God. This matter of the seed within the living Word of God, I think, will touch us in this uh, final portion today. Then verse 23 says, having been regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through believing and abiding Word of God. Dear brothers and sisters, Don't you know that we all have been regenerated of an incorruptible seed which was conveyed to us in the living word of God? This seed is just the eternal life of God. Probably we all know in any seed there is the jinn. You know the word jinn? 
God's eternal life is the seed that has the divine gene. We all have been regenerated of this organic divine seed through the divine word. Now, we have to exercise this seed. Based upon the seed within us received through regeneration, we have to purify ourselves. If you do this, this will bring you to a result that is the unfeigned brotherly love. Bob, a moment ago when we were uh, talking about that previous point, you were quite strong about this matter of obedience of the truth. Here, we find out that this obedience must be based upon the seed of the divine life that's contained in the Word, mustn't it? That's right. We in ourselves, of course, (laughs) are rebels and we are opposers of God. But now we have been regenerated of His incorruptible seed, and that seed is His divine life which was conveyed to us through and in his living word. Now we have another gene in us, the gene of God himself in his incorruptible eternal life. And that life supplies us when we come to the word and we read it and we touch the word as reality. This life within us responds to that word and gives us the desire to say amen to that word and to live according to it. It not only gives us the desire, it gives us the power, the inward energy of the divine life to conform to God's Word. And all of this works together, the Lord's Word of reality with the seed of the eternal life within us to cause our soul to be purified, and this results in our loving the brothers with an unfeigned love. When we uh, begin to come to the Word in this way, uh, not merely satisfied to study it in an outward objective way like we would study a history text it has the effect also of cultivating our spiritual appetite doesn't it and you know that is when our hunger for the word really begins to increase oftentimes we we battle this in our christian lives don't we that's right we need to have a hunger that never wanes and even increases Uh, for the living Word of God. God's Word is so sweet to our taste. It's so nourishing to our inner man. It does require something of us. There's no doubt about that. But it also supplies us with God's essence, God himself, to enable us to meet its requirement. It's quite marvelous. So that eventually we live together in the church, the body of Christ, with an unfeigned love for the brothers. You can see there's a corporate life implied here now. We're not just individual Christians experiencing salvation ourselves, but God's goal is to have the church as the body of Christ. For this, we need an unfeigned love. Of course, Peter is going to come to this when he talks about a spiritual habitation of God being built up and identifying even us as the uh, living stones for the building of, uh, but he's laying a good foundation, you can tell, even in the way he has structured his uh, epistle, isn't he? He surely is. Well, Bob, I'm really enjoying this life study of uh, First Peter. I'm looking forward uh, as we go further into these verses, and uh, as we've said now in these uh, first 10 programs again and again, uh, for a so-called uneducated fisherman, Peter touches some very profound and deep thoughts and conveys them in a 
truly marvelous way throughout his writings, doesn't he? Absolutely. Well, uh, we look for the Lord's operation in us to operate in the same way and give us a kind of understanding and an entering into the heart of the Apostle as he opens up uh, these deep things of God. We hope you'll be with us for all of the programs in the coming weeks as we continue on in First and Second Peter. And uh, we'll be back next week. But before we go, I'd like to give you the toll-free number and invite you to contact us so that you can receive the printed Life Study uh, of First and Second Peter. one life study is the number. That's 888-543-3788. And join us again next week. We'll continue in our Life Study of First Peter. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wild. Thanks very much for listening today. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.